G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Welcome along. It is a special presentation of 2020 today, focusing on what is a very significant highlight on this year's Easter calendar for every single Australian. Now, I'm in my studio as usual, but we have a Vision broadcast team with special guests today in Alice Springs. Vision CEO Phil Edwards is in the Alice today, passing through on his way to Memory Mountain at Hearst's Bluff for the official launch of the Forgiveness Cross on top of Memory Mountain. Now, where's Memory Mountain? It's 230 kilometres west of Alice Springs. A permanent, iconic, 20-metre-high cross has been erected as an initiative led by the Aboriginal community at Hearst's Bluff. It's a huge statement of Australia's Christian Aboriginal community. And on Sunday, you will be able to tune in for a special live broadcast from Memory Mountain, hosted by Phil Edwards. It'll be a special edition of Sunday Together. It will be an historic special presentation, including a church service, including Aboriginal elders, and a host of other special guests being broadcast live on Resurrection Sunday. And Phil Edwards is in the Alice today. Phil, welcome along. Morning, Neil. And uh, I'm I'm in the outback, so I thought I'd put my Akubra on, uh, which is for a very practical reason as well, because it's nice and sunny and warm. I wonder if we should be expecting a few great Australian salutes as well. <laughs> Maybe. Father hey. Phil, you can call me Father <laughs> Phil. Hey Phil, you're in Alice Springs. I mentioned you're transiting through. You're on your way to Memory Mountain. But you're in Alice Springs today and uh, I can see, I've got a visual of you as well. Uh, the sun is shining. It looks like a beautiful day. It is. It's a, a lovely day. Uh, Alice is in its finest. The Todd River is not flowing. Uh, the scenery is beautiful, the people are friendly, so it's, it's the same Alice that I remember. You're on your way to Memory Mountain, and not only is this an historic Christian icon, this new cross on Memory Mountain, but it's going to do wonders for the tourism community out in the outback of Northern Territory, uh, because it's going to be, I, I think I said 230 kilometres west, uh, it's not going to be an easy drive. It's a it's a little bit pioneering if you're going out that way at the moment, isn't it? Well, not, pioneering might be a little bit of a stretch, Neil. Um, there's there's a road out there. We're, we're not out there, uh, you know, cutting a new path. But it is it, it certainly it's a new place for me to go uh, and ha- being able to go there and you know, sit with the locals uh, is something that I'm particularly looking forward to. And I think that's something that for all of us, you know, particularly uh, white Australians like myself. Uh, you know, I have had uh, some exposure and connection to Indigenous people. And, and the thing that I've found is sitting and spending time is actually what we need to be doing. And it's not a, not a foreign uh, concept to all of us. I think for, for any culture, time is actually 
what we need to do to get to know each other, to break down our, our prejudices and our misunderstandings that we might have about each other. And I think we've all had that, that, that experience when we think something about somebody or a group of people and then when we actually spend some time with them, our perception, perception changes. And, you know, being here in Alice Springs, I've, I've heard uh, talking to a number of people since we've arrived uh, just reinforcing the fact that there is trouble in town. Uh, there's there's crime. It's a problem. There are businesses that are closing, uh, and there are complex. There's complexity to the issues. But I've also heard some really good things. Just chatting a few moments ago with Douglas, who uh, you'll be chatting with in just a little while, uh, who is an Aboriginal man who lives here in Alice Springs. He's from one of the outer communities, but he's been here for a few years, uh, and uh, and he and others are, are leading. A church in uh, in the town camps, and uh, you know they're 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 there uh, praising the Lord in amongst the the midst of the community there, and, and making a, a you know a great testimony to those people. So uh, don't believe all the headlines. There's always good things that happen in amongst it, but there are challenges too. And and I think, as I said, one of the best things that we can do is to to spend time, and as Ken Duncan would say, walk a while. Uh, with our Indigenous uh, brothers and sisters, and, and that's at least for a couple of days what I'm hoping to to do out at Memory Mountain. And Phil, your level's a little low where you are, so if there's anything you can do to adjust that from your end, that might be more comfortable for listeners tuning in. Uh, let me just touch on this, though, because there are headlines that for some are very disturbing. Uh, the crime rate in Alice Springs, all of those things that are drawing attention to what's happening in Central Australia right now. But the launch of the cross on Memory Mountain, the Forgiveness Cross, and and as I understand it, there is a profound belief that true reconciliation can come through through a relationship with God, and this cross actually has something of a national comment to make, doesn't it? Uh, insofar as a statement from Christian Aboriginal people in Australia. Any thoughts around that? Because um, it's a major statement that goes beyond what the headlines might reflect today. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Neil. I, I think in any any situation, you know, we can do certain things to be reconciled one to another, uh, You know, putting our own interests down, you know, sitting down and trying to find common ground is something that we can we can all do, and that's something we should do and is powerful. And I think as a nation, that's something that we're struggling with. But ultimately, we need to be reconciled to God. And it's it's true reconciliation that stems from that. And the thing that I think is most significant about what's happening uh, out at Memory Mountain is that this is an, an initiative of the local Indigenous people. And they understand this idea of forgiveness and reconciliation with God, and that everything flows from that. That's really our starting point, uh, and so that, that's why I think this is this is quite significant in this year when the, you know we're talking about the voice and reconciliation and and, and all those things. Here's a, a group of Indigenous people who are willing to make a statement to say we need to come to the foot of the cross. We need to gather together, uh, and you know they're also honouring uh, their own ancestors uh, as they do this because this is marking. Uh, when four Indigenous evangelists came to that area a hundred years ago this year uh, and uh, first preached the gospel and had a big impact. So a hundred years ago, those evangelists could never have appreciated that as they were taking the gospel into central Australia, to Memory Mountain of all places, which is, uh, for most people, the middle of nowhere, 
And they've brought the gospel there. And as the gospel has passed from generation to generation, the passing of the flame, all of a sudden there is now a national icon that's been erected and is going to be a part of postcards. It's going to be a part of tourism. Uh, It really is going to be fabulous. Let me ask you about your broadcast on Sunday morning, Phil, and so many listeners will be used to tuning in and Sunday morning together with Phil, and uh, you've got a whole bunch of special guests who are lined up, and some of those names are very, very well known. Yes, there's uh, something that we know will be with us on Sunday, but there's a bit of discovery to happen tomorrow as well to see who else we, we bump into and uh, can, can bring in as part of it on Sunday. But uh, of course, Ken Duncan will be there. He's been one of the, the key people who has been walking alongside the local Indigenous people to make this project a reality and to help them uh, to do some of the things that, that uh, you know, they had struggled with, working with uh, government and the red tape and all that sort of thing, raising the money required and so on. But it is very much their initiative. And, and uh, uh, tomorrow on Good Friday, there's, uh, there's going to be a, a sing-along and a celebration and a ceremony to uh, actually officially, I guess, uh, hand over this structure to the care of, uh, of the local Indigenous people. Uh, but then on uh, uh, tomorrow we'll be gathering with um, and a whole lot of people, gathering stories. Uh, so Ken will be with us. I'll also have Steve Grace uh, with us. Uh, I believe that the machine gun preacher is also going to be out, out here, so I'm hoping to catch up with him. Uh, and uh, local Indigenous leaders. I had a great conversation with one of the young, young elders there, a young man named Kieran, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking, at, looking forward to catching up with him uh, and others who are Direct, being directly involved with making this uh, this possible. And of course, we'll be taking communion as well. That'll be a very special event. And praying for our nation from the heart of the nation at the foot of the cross. I think uh, you can't get better than that. That's going to be great. And of course, the invitation is going to be there, isn't it? Uh, for listeners, as they are all around Australia, and you're planning that road trip. Uh, it might be a grey nomad adventure. It could be just the fact that you're choosing a holiday somewhere. Now, there's not a lot out there at the moment, but this is just the start. It's the launch of the iconic cross. Uh, but uh, facilities for tourists, at the moment, they're not really there. So if you're used to roughing it, uh, it's a place you could actually make a, you could make that a destination, put that on your bucket list. Uh, is that what, what you think the, the community there will be encouraging? Well, the message at the moment is if you're fully self-contained, you know, come on down. But uh, there, there is literally no other facilities there at the cross. It, it's about 30 k's, 35 k's from Haas Bluff itself. Uh, so that's the nearest, you know, sense of, uh, of some kind of civilization there. But um, uh, there will be things that will come and will follow. So, you know, it'll be exciting to see how it unfolds over time. And I'm sure it'll draw in, you know, the caravanners and others uh, who come on their own pilgrimage. And, you know, I, I'm yet to discover this because I haven't been there yet, but I suspect, you know, there will be a real deep sense that this is a spiritual place. Uh, it, the wilderness experience, if you like. You look in the scriptures when Jesus went out into the wilderness. You know, why did he do that? To get away from all of the, the distractions and uh, to, to have some solace, to be able to spend time alone with God in, in the middle of creation without anything else. And it's a powerful place to go into any wilderness and I think this is going to be quite powerful as well. So look, watch this space over the coming years. Well, Phil, we'll be looking forward to it. Uh, it's uh, getting together on Sunday morning. Uh, together, Phil is going to be hosting uh, this program. It is a very significant time and uh, wonderful for Vision to be there 
at such a significant historic moment. Hey, Phil, you're in Alice Springs, though, today, Mm -hmm. passing through, and so many of us are familiar with some of the headlines, uh, some of the challenges, and certainly in the mainstream media, we've not been seeing the reflection of the church leaders and those things that have been happening spiritually in the town or the city of Alice Springs. Uh, you've got a, a line-up there uh, that we're going to be talking to, and the first one is Daniel, and I wonder whether you'd like to introduce us. I would love to. Daniel, he's right here with me, so come on in, mate. Daniel's the uh, the pastor of the, uh, where we are uh, here at the moment, the Living Hope Church in Alice Springs, and has uh, he was just sharing some of his story with me earlier. He's been in town here for about a decade uh, and just has a real heart and a passion for uh, Indigenous Australians. But I'll let him... Uh, tell the story. Thank you so much, Daniel, for, for accommodating us today and, and telling your story and just give a little insight into you know, what's happening here in Alice Springs. Yeah, no, thank you. It's great to uh, join you this morning. Uh, yes, there's definitely uh, a lot of news that we hear, uh, especially heading out to the big cities about the, the crime rate uh, and all that that's going on here. And look, to be honest, there's been uh, a lot of crime here for quite some time, but um, it's definitely, uh, definitely escalated a little bit of late um but in saying that uh this def- god is moving and uh we're just seeing more people than ever show up at our sunday services and talking to some of the other pastors in town as well they're uh, more aboriginal people than ever are hungry and and just seeking out the lord and you know it's not not even anything so much that we're doing but um a lot of it's just god just you know really and it, it will hopefully we'll hear douglas's story shortly just on go, how god is actually ministering to them directly and bringing them back to his heart and so it's quite exciting to be here right now hey daniel i wonder if you can just take us a little deeper because when we understand uh, there are not pleasant headlines about Alice Springs. Uh, There are stories of rising youth crime. Uh, There's dangers. There's uh, boarding up of uh, shop fronts. But when you say there's more and more people in church, there is another story to tell here. Uh, It almost is though, as darkness gets darker, the light gets brighter. Is that what you're seeing is happening right now? Yes, definitely. Uh, Definitely seeing that. Uh, We've this year we've probably baptised over 25, 20 people already. Um, uh, you know, we'd, we'd gone for probably you know months and months not baptising anyone. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a hunger. Uh, I think, I think people realise. Uh, yeah, from my perspective, that, that, that I, that's definitely true. I think we're seeing the the light of Jesus just coming more uh, real. Um, you know, and obvious. You know, the, the distractions of the world that have sidetracked people um i think uh, you know those lights are dimming the lights of the, the world are dimming and and jesus light is becoming brighter and so yes i definitely uh, we're more encouraged than ever we've been here for 10 years and it can be sometimes it can be hard you know hard work there's so much need there's so much uh, brokenness and uh, complex issues that aren't just fixed uh, easily by government m- money money doesn't fix uh, things that can help in a little way but um, but we, what we do see is, you know, the, and that's what I guess we can testify is that, you know, the, Jesus has a great love for the Indigenous people. And, and we hear that through the testimonies, uh, the many testimonies that we hear, just how he, he breaks into their world and, uh, and they discover him in a real true way. So it's, it's actually... It's actually uh, you know, a real privilege to be here and to be ministering here. Daniel, you're a Tassie boy and uh, inspired with a missions heart, even from those young years. 
When you arrived in the Alice, you said 10 years ago, uh, what was church life like back then? Uh, what was happening in church then? And how do you, you know, give us a, a bit of a contrast as to what things look like today? Yeah, look, we uh, we came here as missionaries, really, and we, we really didn't have a heart to lead a church or run a church. You know, we just wanted to come alongside uh, existing churches and ministries and and look, um, you know, we, so the first few years we were just, uh, you know, doing that and, and we ran a little bit of a, a home group for a while. And then about six years ago, around this time of the year, um, we were just approached. Uh, we had, there was a couple of pastors that were pastoring Living Hope Church that were moving to Darwin, and and so we um, and they approached us. We'd only we'd, we'd come to the service once, and we'd been building connection with with these pastors, and they uh, and they just said, "Look, we're feeling uh, we've got to head back to Darwin, and we we want to ask if you'd take the church on." And so for us, that was a little bit of a uh, you know not quite what we what we envisioned. I guess when we came here um, but however God I guess over those years uh, when we first arrived and, and this invitation he changed our hearts to just be willing to serve him in, in whatever capacity and way uh, we could and and so we um, we said yes to that uh, you know around six years ago and the church at the time was probably only you know 10 15 people uh, regulars uh, it was very small so in some ways it felt like a really easy uh, decision uh, for us it wasn't too complex we, you know we we had one bus and we, there wasn't a lot going on but over the years it's um, it's grown dramatically now where we're all, you know this building that we're just uh, behind the camera here you know we just a few weeks ago we, we, we couldn't fit everyone in there was probably Probably over 170, uh, of which 90% are Aboriginal people. So we've got three buses that go out, spend about an hour um, each driver, just picking up people from all over the town. And um, and, and you know, there's one of these little 11 seater buses, uh, uh, for actually 14 seater buses. They they took one bus driver that morning, took 51 people, just to, you know, five five six different trips. And so there's a real uh, hunger and. Um, and it's, 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 the Holy Spirit is moving. And so I just want to encourage, uh, you know, all believers really. And it's an encouragement for, for us, you know. Um, you know, in some ways, our biggest struggle right now is just keeping up with what God's doing. Um, you know, we just, we don't have the resources. We don't have the, uh, enough people to help, um, that sort of thing. But, um, God's, God, God's aware of that and, uh, He's not going to stop. Um, hey, so we'll, we'll try and get to this because sometimes when the ordinary uh, pew-warming Christian believer who hears a tap on their shoulder from God and uh, you know pursues something as a mission endeavor, sometimes we're thinking about overseas, uh, not interstate or into the territory. And uh, Alice Springs, at a time like this, might well need some extra support in a mission endeavor. Hey, you mentioned you know around 170 odds turning out for church. 90% of those are Aboriginal people. I wonder if you've got a reflection of how Christian Aboriginal people are feeling about uh, the headlines as they are and uh, youth crime, uh, problems of uh, alcoholism, of domestic violence. How are your congregation feeling about that? Yeah, look, we, we don't talk too much about uh, what's going on. We, uh, I guess... It's not that we ignore it. We're definitely aware of issues within the uh, church, and we've got, you know, single mums where their partners are in jail at the moment, where and their you know their kids are, uh, you know, these are good 
you know, mums that come every week to church and, and some of their kids as they're getting older are now starting to head onto the streets and, um, you know, so it's quite real. We're aware of it and we're aware of domestic violence, especially with these um, churches uh, that we're doing in, in the camps. You know, there's some there's things happening right where while we're having church. You know, the police will come up and and there'll be uh, violence happening sometimes right around us as we're as these services are going. So it's definitely real. We, um, I guess, like uh, our main heart and and is just to always keep it about Jesus and focused on Him. And um, yeah, so we we we're aware of all the issues, but we our our greatest desire is really just to host His presence and and Him and um, and allow, and see the Holy Spirit do His work, and um, and that's what we're we're seeing. So yeah, we uh, we obviously help. There's a lot of uh, hospital visits. There's uh, there's lots of prayer. Um, there's lots of things always going on, and and the need is great. That's for sure. You've also got a, a a mission charity that runs parallel to church life too, and uh, that's all about uh, providing meals, uh, something like 250 meals a week, as uh, I can see here, that are uh, being distributed. You've got blankets for those who are in need. Uh, you've got uh, Sunday services, uh, Thursday night Bible study. Uh, there's hospital visitation, as you say. There's prayer and counselling that is needed. Um, you've got these things happening as well as three buses that go out into uh, some of the Aboriginal communities surrounding the area there at Alice Springs, and they're bringing families in. Is this where growth in church is coming from, or is it coming from within town? Uh, mainly within town. We we don't have the capacity to go out to the communities. It's obviously there's not many Aboriginal communities that are close. There's there's one that's about twenty minutes out of town. Uh, yeah, so all of this is really within town. But then a lot of the Aboriginal people do come in uh, into Alice Springs for services. So they might be in for uh, the doctors or for uh, yeah various reasons, um, even family um, funerals. You know, multitude of reasons why they come into town to visit. And so uh, obviously word is spread, and um, we often we you know, we get phone calls and yeah, can you pick us up from here? Can you pick us up from there? So we we uh, yeah, a lot of the town camp is where we predominantly grab uh, a lot of the, the the people that are asking for lifts and rides um, but yeah so a lot of the people that do come uh, are definitely from bush uh, and so, and we know that because when we uh, you know that year that covid shut us down we we had to do uh, sign-ins which is a little bit of a nightmare uh, when some people can't you know aren't able to write in english and that sort of thing but we um we noticed over that one year of doing the signings, we had over 450 unique individuals show up. But uh, whereas you know the services at that time were averaging about 80 people, so we know there's a big, uh, there's a, there's quite a big exposure that we're able to reach out into the communities, and we're also sending out uh, bales of clothing to some of the communities as well, and do the occasional visit visit when we can. Um, but it's a little bit uh, hard to uh, connect to, uh, as much as we'd love to uh, some of those remote. Communities. Communities. And in all of this, you've got two church plants that are happening in some of these communities, and uh, they're being led by uh, people who've come up and uh, you know become mature, I guess, under your leadership here. Uh, two church plants is pretty exciting stuff. Yes, uh, we're very excited about that, and and you know our heart is to reach, you know, we're really reaching to the places, where, you know, where the darkest places, and and Jesus was very much our example in that, wasn't he? The way he just reached the people that were uh, in need, and you know, I think 
I think that's something I really have come to appreciate is that, um, you know, the Indigenous people are aware that they are in need. Um, they're in need of a saviour. And so, you know, and that you go into those dark places and and uh, there's just a response uh, that you don't see, I guess, uh, as much in other places of Australia. Um, and we're very excited. And it's not something we, you know, we, we've been really big on trying to um, encourage Aboriginal leaders to rise up and, and, and run it themselves. So we, as far as what we do, we just help on the practical sides of that. We don't even preach. We don't, we don't do singing. It's all done. Uh, by the indigenous, the Aboriginal people, and and we just support them. We sometimes bring food. We bring you know a bus um, to help pick up others to bring them there. We you know we, we we provide the sound equipment that sort of thing. But everything as far as the the way that's conducted is done by the the local indigenous um, family, which is really really what our heart is. And I think that's what God's uh, they're the best people to reach their own people. They speak all the languages, um, and they're you know they 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 understand what what's needed and so it's it's quite exciting for us the second one just we just planted about a month ago uh into another camp and and that camp is probably got a reputation as probably one of the the worst uh, the darkest of the the lot a lot of uh but we've got quite a bit of history in there with with connections with people and so um yeah we're we're excited to see where that goes and we're hoping more will 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 branch out, you know, as we as we go along. More more leaders will rise up and, and lead these churches in in these town camps. Well, Daniel Spackman is our guest, along with his wife Katie, senior pastors of Living Hope Church in Alice Springs. They're part of the Acts Global Network. And in just a few moments, we're going to meet Douglas Dixon. He's leading one of the church plants, an indigenous leader in Alice Springs. Get ready for that. That's coming in just a few moments. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It is a special day. We've got a vision team transiting through Alice Springs on their way to the launch on Easter Sunday of the Forgiveness Cross on Memory Mountain. But an opportunity today to check on, perhaps even you could say check the pulse of how churches are flourishing, and they are flourishing, in Alice Springs. Daniel Spackman is our guest. He's Senior Pastor of Living Hope Church in Alice Springs. And uh, we're going to be joined by one of his offsiders, Douglas Dixon, who was born in Alice Springs and uh, raised by his Christian parents in Papunya, about three and a half hours' drive from Alice Springs. Uh, I wonder, Daniel, can you introduce us more formally to Douglas? Uh, yes, uh, this is Douglas, uh, Douglas Dixon. He's been coming uh, for about a year but, uh, to our church. So he's uh, very uh, in love with the Lord and the Lord's, he's got an amazing testimony which hopefully he'll get a chance to share. And you're planting a church, Douglas, uh, in one of the town camps that's just on the outer of Alice Spring. Can you give us an impression here um, Douglas, special welcome to you. What is it like in the town camps? Um, it's really good at town camps to um, reach out to families, you know, to know God. And it's God is working, you know. Douglas, take us into some of your story here. I've got a little bit of a sketch of it, but you had a wonderful encounter 
with God just recently. I wonder if you can share that story with us. Oh, yes, yep. Um, um, like, um, so, Douglas, uh, yep, you were... Uh, you were uh, you were sitting, and uh, at a moment in time, uh, a piece of paper drifted down in front of you. Give us uh, your impression on that story. Yeah, um, I was in the world. I I used to um, smoke and uh, drink alcohols and smoke marijuana and all that everything. But uh, I got my um, house, and my partner stops and. And um, at the backyard that I went and always sit down, have a smoke. Then I uh, was smoking from there and trying to uh, think about to. Uh, I was just thinking to uh, go to charge my phone inside the room. I went to the room. And charge the phone, charging the phone, sitting on the bed. Suddenly, um, the paper just, just from nowhere, just fell on my feet, and it just written two words. Remember the time. That's why I believe God was calling me. So is there a, uh, an element there where you recognise this is the voice of God because of some connections that you had in your past, perhaps as a child, uh, growing up around the Alice? Uh, did you have some church connections in those early days? Yes. Yep. Um I used to, you know, like go around with my families to the churches and uh, I w- went back to community and we all was going to the church, but I tried, me myself, I just wanted to um, do a ministry work for the Lord, you know, just help the pastors go around and, you know. To just to know the God, know the Bible, what God is talking and you know. Douglas, thanks yeah. so much for being so open about your own earlier years, uh, smoking, drinking, marijuana. I wonder whether you've got a reflection here because uh, the rest of the nation is seeing headlines in the news and in newspapers about some of the challenging times in Alice Springs and wondering how young people can get caught up in uh, the heavy drinking, the alcoholism, uh, things getting out of control. How do you understand that? You've come from that background. How do you see the community around you having experienced what you've experienced? Yeah, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I went, I was there um, doing that and all that, but um, this is like, uh, I feel, I see the kids and all that in this town, it's 
different than that we uh, that we were in the past that we was in that area. But it's we can I can I can see myself I can see it. But the kids and the kids are running everywhere in the town. It wasn't happening before our time when I was away, when I wasn't there. But I feel something is happening in this town. That's what I feel. That's what I see. That's what I see. And uh, that's what God is calling through same time people. Douglas, how do you feel about the thought that there are children on the streets in the Alice and reports that they're fearful of going home? And and I might even bring Daniel back in shortly as well to get his impression, but uh, you've got children on the streets fearful of going home, but they have felt a certain sense of security uh, coming to find some sanctuary in the church. How do you feel about that connection? Um, um, uh. Let me bring Daniel in here. Daniel, have you got a reflection on that? Uh, reports that kids are actually on the streets. They're fearful of going to their own homes. Uh, you let me know if I'm uh, crossing the line on anything that I, uh, you know, the way I'm, my impressions are. But uh, give us your thoughts here, Daniel. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, children on the streets, and I think the biggest issue is that there's no, there's n- not the fathers at home, and there's so many fathers in jail right now, and um, you know, drinking, and and you know, as well as some mothers, but predominantly the the fathers. I think it's just a fatherless um, uh, situation with, with a lot of the kids. Uh, Douglas, you know, especially when things were really, uh, when the alcohol was um, way too freely available, uh, you, you actually were housing, some kids were showing up at his house uh, just for you know, a place, a safe place to be. Um, and Douglas has already got four or five families already staying in his small three-bedroom or whatever house. So he's, um, you know, Douglas is really uh, ministering, uh, you know, not not just to his own family, but the extended family as well, kids that know that that's a safe place to be and a safe place to come. Um, so he's definitely aware, uh, you know, of, of the issues like we all are. Um, but it's, you know, I think, you know, that's what we're praying for is that the fathers will come back to the Lord um, and men in particular, which I think is really just a, a common issue across the whole world, uh, wherever we've travelled. That's often an issue um, that we see everywhere and, and you can see a lot of that; the, these underlying issues are, are a result of a, you know, of, of, of children not having the, the fathers in in their world, the, the strong leadership. Um, probably some of my uh, thoughts on on that. That's good. Hey, Daniel, we'll take a short break. Daniel Spackman is our guest, senior pastor of Living Hope Church in Alice Springs, and very special guest Douglas Dixon, who was born in Alice Springs who's had an encounter with God that brought him back from uh, those times, years of alcoholism, and uh, he is now leading a church plant in one of the town camps around Alice Springs. We're continuing our conversation in just a few moments, and I want to get some impressions about how people in the Alice are thinking about the voice. 
And also, I'll look forward to a bit of a reflection from Daniel Spackman around about the sorts of things he'll be sharing in church services tomorrow, Good Friday, and on Resurrection Sunday. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It is a special presentation today as we have a vision team transiting through Alice Springs on their way to one of the most significant events that is happening in the history of Australia, and that is the launch of the Forgiveness Cross on Memory Mountain, 230 kilometres west of Alice Springs. A special presentation, though, today with our vision team who are in the Alice, and Phil Edwards is there with our guests, Douglas Dixon, who was born in Alice Springs and uh, also Pastor Daniel Spackman. Uh, but uh, Phil, you're excited about what's coming on Easter Sunday and we're going to get some impressions from Daniel shortly as to how he's talking to his congregation there in Alice Springs, primarily an Aboriginal church. Uh, but give us some insights here, Phil. Uh, you're there on the ground. Uh, you're with pastors. Uh, one of those, an Aboriginal pastor. One of those uh, is Daniel, who leads uh, the church there in Alice Springs. Uh, this is something special for Vision to connect to, isn't it? It is, Neil, and it's really special for me to actually to be learning. Uh, I've never been to church in a town camp, an Aboriginal town camp, and even today learning that there's two church plants here in uh, two of the camp, cha- town camps, uh, there's about 16 of them around uh, Alice Springs, and there's uh, there's a lot of things that happen in those camps. And and one of those that is uh, planted at the moment, Daniel described earlier as you know one of the the darker places. And I I just love the fact that there are Indigenous people there leading church. I wonder, Douglas, can you just paint a picture of what does church look like in a town camp? What do you do? Um, we just uh, set up the equipments. Put the little tables there. Mm-hmm. It's just a helping area and uh, just worship. And so this is out in the open, under a tree or something like under that. Under the tree, yeah. Just in the open place. Yeah. Yep. And people come. They hear the hear the singing and they they come. And they the hear preaching. The, yep. They hear the singing and people come from the houses. They listen from the houses where they, where they sit down. Or, where they um, sit inside or they come out outside and some of them join in to the church Mm -hmm. and share the share the gospel yeah it's really it's not rocket science is it It, this is what jesus actually did he often under a tree and he invited people to come in and take part and that's really what you're doing but it's it's all led by indigenous people with Indigenous people there. So what have you seen happen as a result of that? Have you seen change in the lives of, of people there as it brought the community together? Yeah, uh, yes. Everyone's, you know, trying to... Um, hurting the Lord's preachings and gospel mm-hmm. of God, Jesus, and everyone's coming, coming to know Jesus now. The Holy Spirit's working everywhere in the town camps. That's what I believe, you know. I, I believe in the scriptures too, you know. God, Jesus just went to their valleys and all that. 
taking the Gospels everywhere. Mm. That's what I believe in the scripture, you know. Mm. That's why I want to take the gospel to them where the loss is. Mm. What can people around Australia, as they listen to this, and they're imagining in their minds what it looks like in an Aboriginal town camp in Alice Springs, where there's a church there, how can people pray? What, what would you like them to be praying for, for you? And for me, and for the church, I think, and for the people. That's all I wanted mm. people to come, and the young people in this town to know Jesus and pray for the young kids. Young people are, you know, Alice Springs is sometimes, you know, they are everywhere, but town camps is the main one for um, young people to come. They live there and we bring the gospel there to, um, so they can know the gospel too. Mm. To know the Jesus, God is, God is real. Thank you so much, Douglas. And may God bless you as you go about your work. I'm sure it's hard sometimes, uh, but I pray that God will be at work in your life and speaking clearly to you uh, to be sensitive to what's happening there and to be able to respond accordingly and to give you boldness. That's my prayer for you. So God bless you, mate. It's wonderful to meet you. Neil, back over to you. It is wonderful. It's just a privilege to be part of a conversation like this. Let me come back to Daniel. One of the things, of course, that is so prominent in the headlines is around the uh, the potential for a voice to the parliament a referendum later on this year. Uh, Daniel, as you're talking to Aboriginal people in uh, in uh, in Alice Springs, uh, what sort of impressions do you get around the voice? Any thoughts from you? Yeah, look, uh, I've tried to keep a pretty open mind as far as that goes and uh, we try and stay out of the political things as much as possible uh, but uh, you know I mean I asked Douglas about this just the other day uh, whether he'd heard about the voice and and he said he'd never heard of it and I think I think that's pretty widespread that you know that probably the people that need the voice the most uh, uh, my fear is that they won't be represented um, uh, you know it, it will be uh, yeah, the ones that actually need the help the most um, are the ones that really need the voice uh, more so. So I guess that's my concern. And, you know, living here for 10 years and seeing how much money is is thrown at, at the issues, um, I guess the other concern is, you know, that it's just another organisation really that's, that's going to look, look like another organisation potentially that... Um, you know that's that's uh, you know um, maybe uh, very difficult to gather and you know, gather the, a one voice as well. And that's the other thing that we've noticed is that in, in every community, that not everyone can, agrees. Even within the families, they don't agree. Um, you know, there's often fighting going on between different families in the in the communities, and you know they don't agree on everything. So I, I'm not sure how it will work. I mean, but given that, you know, I, I don't want to say uh, from my perspective that it won't help at all but I, I guess um, yeah there's, there's definitely challenges and I'm not sure this is definitely not the answer we we know that as Christians it's not the answer the only thing we we see that works is really just the pure gospel and and just you know, preaching about Jesus and that's you know the the indigenous and Aboriginal people being so spiritual that's something they relate to the most and um, that's what we're 
that's our job, I think, not to promote a voice, but promote, promote the voice, you know, Jesus, our Saviour. There is a priority in there, isn't there? Because uh, Jesus is the main voice we want to hear. Interesting to hear those perspectives. And, uh, you know, if Douglas has not been familiar at all with what's happening with The Voice so far, uh, we might hope that there is going to be some level of information that filters through into uh, more outback communities. But what it does raise, and I'll get your thoughts here uh, once again, Daniel, and I'll also uh, I'll also get a thought or two from Douglas in just a moment, but the fact that it seems to be that the voice might be controlled by Aboriginal people in the city uh, to the detriment of those who are in the bush, is there a big separation? Is this something, do you think, that uh, Aboriginal people in the bush are feeling as though there is a huge disconnect uh, with what is being promoted around the uh, the referendum question? Uh, yeah, I, I think that w- that's definitely a good question. I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that. I haven't really uh, been you know, talking to enough people to give uh, a good, accurate uh, re- reflection or, or response to that. Um, I do know, you know, uh, there is big difference. You know, I think there is big difference between, uh, even just between tribes here. You know, we've got five up to five, six different speaking um, tribes that attend our, our church and, you know, they all, all do things different and speak a different language and, you know, so that's just our our surrounding area here and then you've got the rest of Australia. That, you know, there's definitely a lot of differences and to group them into one sort of one nation or, you know, is definitely, I don't think, the right way to go but, I, you know, I'm definitely staying open to... Um, uh, you know, seeing where that, what God has involved with this, and trying to hear His voice. You know, is this is this something that He's on, or is it just another uh, man idea? You know, man's wisdom. Um, if we can just get a uh, perhaps a brief comment from Douglas too. Uh, Douglas, uh, do you feel like Aboriginal people in towns like Alice Springs uh, are not likely to benefit from? Aboriginal people in the cities uh, making decisions on your behalf? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not. That's okay. And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of people who are being outspoken, uh, some people activists like this, and uh, as ministers of the gospel, we're not necessarily into activism, but of course we like to understand uh, things that are going on. Uh, Douglas, let me take you back into um, uh, those church camps, uh, the, ch- the town camps where you've got a church plant. Have you had any baptisms yet uh, in the churches that have been planted in the town camps? No, um, we always come to... Um Living Hope Church, as we come together, is always there. And we always choose to um, baptizing at the church here, Living Hope. Fabulous. And that's yeah. Daniel, just a few minutes out from the news, uh, tomorrow's Good Friday. You're going to be there uh, with your congregation. And on Resurrection Sunday, you'll be there. What sort of things are you going to be sharing with the people? Yeah, look, uh, we, uh, I guess the, the, the reflection I had, well, I, I just shared a message on Sunday uh, about the Palm Sunday, really, and the, and the, 
you know, how, how five days things can change so rapidly, you know, when we have Jesus coming in, uh, you know, for the first time on, you know, in his life on earth being recognized as a Messiah, uh, you know, by the multitudes, not just by a few. And then five days later, uh, you know, being rejected by the multitudes. And, and I was just reflecting on that as well, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, if you look look at the census uh, census results last uh, census, you know, the, we're, the the amount of people that are, that uh, identify as Christians has halved in fifty years. You know, and and us as uh, I guess Christians are beca- slowly becoming a minority here in our nation. And uh, you know, unless God intervenes with uh, with revival, which is always possible, uh, you know, you can't deny that the the you know that there is a decline in the number of people that identify with um christianity and you know i was just i was just thinking about that uh you know sometimes we as christians we uh, are quick to want to um you know get jesus focused on oh look at this issue lord the the the, the government uh, you know and, we're, and the nation's moving away from godly morals and and um you know principles and and i was just challenged in uh matthew 24 verse 1 to 2 i was reading this um and as it says here, Jesus left the temple. He was walking away when his disciples came up to him. They wanted to call his attention to the temple buildings. Do you see all these things, Jesus asked? What I'm about to tell you is true. Not one stone here will be left on top of another. Every stone will be thrown down. And I just I just felt, you know, it's the same for us. We're trying to, sometimes we're fixed on the temple, I guess, our eyes are set on the temple, the things that we're familiar with, you know, the disciples, that's all they would have known, the, the, the Jewish people, that was where God was, that's everything they know about God and where their security was with. And, and I just felt, um, you know, God's challenging us as well, like, you know, Jesus wants us to keep our eyes fixed on him, tuned in with his heart, because all these things around us really won't matter at the end of the day anyway. You know, what matters is wh- whether we, whether we, are following him, whether we are, are going for the you know the pearl of great price. Are we are we seeking him? Are we devoting our lives to him? Um, and I, th- I feel like uh, without wanting to um, talk too much, I feel like that's really the challenge, uh, not just at Easter, but at any any stage of our uh, Christian walk. He's our greatest reward. He's you know, salvation is our greatest gift and and miracle. Really, it's a miracle when our hearts that are so full of pride can humble themselves enough and say we're in need. You know, not just when we're you know not just the Aboriginal people or the impoverished people or the people that are poor, but all of us are so in need. We're all in need of salvation. We're all in need of us, a perfect saviour, perfect lover. Wonderful and. Um, and that's just yeah that, that's just something he continues to challenge us and uh we, you know we continue to seek his face and and that's the message yeah right hey daniel special honor to you as a missionary pastor uh, you've been in the alice for the last 10 years uh, the senior pastor living hope church and for listeners you might be feeling a tap on your own shoulder something from god that says Hey, how about we go and serve people in Alice Springs? Well, you can go to livinghopechurchalicesprings.org.au 
and connect with Daniel Spackman. Daniel, who is the pastor, along with his wife, Katie. And what an absolute privilege to be able to talk with Douglas Dixon today, too, who is an Indigenous leader, who is leading a church plant in a church uh, town camp uh, in Alice Springs. Uh, Douglas, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.